We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Waiver Wire Rider podcast on Rotoviz Radio. I am your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we are going to take a look at players you should consider adding ahead of your week eight fantasy football matchups. These suggestions are based off of PPR scoring. So if you are not playing in PPR scoring, be sure to adjust accordingly as you see fit. And if you have any questions for me, you can certainly follow me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. You can drop me a DM. You can shoot me a tweet. I'll do my best to respond to any questions you may have throughout the course of the week as we get into week eight of this season. Uh, things to remember, we do have two bye weeks this week. Uh, it's just a lot more merciful than week seven. We only have two teams on bye. That is the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the roster percentages that you will hear in the show are taken from yahoo.com, so be sure to note that when you notice that they may be a little bit different than the league that you are playing in. They are often very similar and should still serve um, a great purpose for the show. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the first position. First player who we are going to look at is quarterback Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Daniel Jones is currently rostered in 28% of leagues. Last week, he and the Giants won 25-3 against the Carolina Panthers. This week, the Giants head to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Last week against the Panthers, Daniel Jones completed 23 of 33 passes for 203 yards, one touchdown, and no interception. He also rushed eight times for 28 yards and had 17.52 PPR and was the overall quarterback 15 on the week. Now, I know that Daniel Jones is not one of the sexiest names that you will be adding uh, for any fantasy football roster or any point in time but this matchup against the Chiefs is pretty nice as the Chiefs are allowing the second most PPR per game to opposing quarterbacks over the last five weeks that is 30.6 PPR and Daniel Jones is currently the overall quarterback 11 and expected fantasy points so Daniel Jones is not performing up to expectation his fantasy points over expectation are near the bottom of the league but his uh, expected fantasy points are literally QB 
31 expected fantasy points. I'm kind of hoping and thinking that at the very least in this game against the Chiefs, Daniel Jones may be able to realize just what he can do as a fantasy football quarterback, given that his expected fantasy points do put him in a quarterback one range. Now, the other nice thing with Daniel Jones is that he has given us three top 12 performances on the season, and he also adds a little bit of a rushing floor to your roster as well. He has five and a half rushing attempts per game right now, and currently the fourth most rushing yards of any quarterback at 201 yards. Uh, There aren't a lot of quarterbacks on by this week, but if you are down either Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr, or you just need someone to fill in who's better than what you currently have right now on your team i think daniel jones against the kansas city chiefs is a very viable option i'd only be looking to do about three percent of my fab unless you're playing in the super flex maybe go a little bit higher than that if you really need a quarterback for that second spot but three percent fab on daniel jones really great matchup against the kansas city chiefs The next quarterback we are going to look at is Denver Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. He is currently rostering 20% of leagues. We have talked about Teddy Bridgewater before on this show. Um, He's been fairly solid throughout the course of the season. He's kind of fizzled out over the last couple of weeks. Last week, he and the Broncos lost at the Cleveland Browns 17-14. This week, they get the Washington football team, who, like the Kansas City Chiefs, are also allowing a lot of points to opposing fantasy quarterback. Uh, The past three weeks... Teddy Bridgewater has kind of dipped down a little bit compared to the previous three weeks that he started. Uh, He has six interceptions in the last three games and is averaging 18.6 PPR. Last week against the Browns, Bridgewater struggled, but that was also a game that uh, featured inclement weather and wind throughout that one. Bridgewater had 23 of 33 passing for 187 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He also had two carries for three yards and had 14.78 PPR, which is good for quarterback 17 overall. Um, Again, he's kind of fizzled out to some degree, but he's also still turned in some relatively solid weeks this past week was not one of them but the previous two weeks were a little bit stronger for Bridgewater where he just went over 20 and he just went over 18 points in weeks five and six so he hasn't been awful he just hasn't been quite as solid as he was early on but he's still um, giving us around the quarterback 12 range on average over these last three weeks we just kind of need to hope that maybe he bounces back a little bit and that the interceptions stop uh, right now because everything else is kind of connecting for Teddy in terms of volume he's currently top 10 among quarterbacks and pass attempts completions yards and total touchdowns um i kind of view him like daniel jones again where he's not a quarterback who i ever love starting but i think he's a quarterback who could be a very solid start if your team again is either without lamar jackson or Derek carr or just in need of a spot start over someone else on your roster who's not particularly strong um so i would be doing about four percent fab on teddy bridgewater three to four percent fab on teddy bridgewater um the other nice thing about him is that he could be getting back jerry judy he and judy had a very solid connection in that week one game against the new york giants where judy ended up getting injured and has missed the season ever since judy could be back bridgewater has a nice connection with court and sutton no fan has been solid as well i think that if daniel jones or teddy bridgewater uh see the right game scripts see the right volume i think that they could both turn in solid weeks so uh, i would go four percent fab on teddy bridgewater and again three percent four percent fab on daniel jones Now we're going to take a look at the running back position, and the first running back we're going to look at is running back Kenny Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles. He is currently rostered in 22% of leagues. He and the Eagles are coming off a 33-22 loss at the Las Vegas Raiders in Week 8. They go to Detroit to face the Lions in what could be a very solid spot for Kenny Gainwell, as it has been for most fantasy running backs this season. Uh, Last week against the Raiders, Gainwell had 4 carries for 20 yards. He also caught 4 passes for 41 yards 
yards and a touchdown on eight targets. He finished with 14.1 PPR on the day, which is good for running back 20 overall. This is kind of big news here. Kenny Gainwell saw a more significant role after Miles Sanders left, which was, was later determined to be an ankle sprain. Uh, Sanders is expected to be week to week at this point in time, which likely means that Gainwell will be stepping into a more meaningful role for the foreseeable future. Um, again, Gainwell had 20 yards carry, uh, or 20, again, Gainwell had 20 yards rushing, um, and then he caught four passes for 41 yards and a touchdown, but he could have had a much bigger day. He did have eight targets, so he only caught half of his targets and still managed to get 14.1 PPR and have an otherwise solid day. Uh, heading into week eight, again, Gainwell gets the Detroit Lions there, giving up the most fancy points per game to opposing running backs on the season. Prior to Sanders going down, Gainwell was a usable player even before the injury. He just wasn't as usable as he's going to be now. Before, he was kind of one of those low-end running back three who you thought at any point in time could maybe give you a little bit of PPR upside. Now I think Gainwell is just going to flat out give you that PPR upside and he's probably a low-end RB1 as long as Miles Sanders is out. He's been a proven pass catcher. He's been a proven runner. Um, We haven't seen as much running with him as we have passing, but I expect that to change in the coming weeks. So if you're in a PPR league, which is what we're talking about here on this podcast, I would absolutely be going out and looking to get Kenny Gainwell off of your waiver wire if he is available. Again, he's only rostering 22% percent of leagues so in all likelihood he is out there for you um i'd be dropping about 25 to 30 percent fab on him i think that he is a very good player in all facets of the game he's someone who the eagles have even used down the red zone occasionally he's gotten in the end zone a couple times he did so this past week so uh kenny gainwell philadelphia eagles running back 25 to 30 percent fab he's a player who i think that once you get him you just stash him even if miles sanders does return because you can throw him in randomly if you're in desperation mode or if sanders goes down now you have him ready to throw him out there again the next running back we're going to look at is new york jets running back ty johnson ty johnson is currently rostered in four percent of leagues he and the jets are coming off a horrible loss to the new england patriots 54 to 13 and in week eight they get the cincinnati bengals in this past game against the patriots Johnson rushed five times for six yards, but his real work was done in the receiving game where he had six catches for 65 yards. He did not score, but he saw seven targets and finished with 13.10 PPR. That was good for running back 21 overall on the week. Uh, It's kind of never a good feeling to be adding any Jets player at this point in time in the season. None of them have been particularly good, but we do have things, um, you know, that we like about Ty Johnson as far as what he has done this season in particular over the past two weeks. On the year for the six games that he's played in, Ty Johnson has had eight and a half opportunities per game. He's averaging 6.6 PPR per game, but he has posted double digit PPR performances in each of these last two games that he has played, which includes 10 total targets over that span. Another interesting note with that is that the Jets just went out and traded for for quarterback Joe Flacco uh, after realizing that they or after finding out that they have lost Zach Wilson for the next several weeks due to a PCL injury that he suffered in that loss to the Patriots. Uh, Joe Flacco has historically loved targeting running backs. He has historically loved dumping down the running backs. If you remember years and years ago, it was Joe Flacco and Ray Rice who, um, you know, were connecting on multiple passes a game as Ray Rice was one of the better running backs in PPR fantasy leagues once upon a time. So um, I'm assuming that Joe Flacco is going to be back in this role with the Jets. I'm assuming he's going to be starting uh, as early as week eight against the Cincinnati Bengals and that Ty Johnson could have a decent PPR role for as long as Flacco is understand 
on under center. So um, I've been doing about five to seven percent fab on Ty Johnson. Again, he's a New York Jet, not a player who I love. He's a he's a middle of the road RB three, I think, um, assuming that the PPR upside is there. But he could be a play for you this week if you're in need of a running back or if you're in a deeper league where you can get multiple starts in there. He might be worth a flyer. So uh, New York Jets running back Ty Johnson, five to seven percent fab. Colin Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now we're going to get into the wide receiver position, and the first wide receiver we have is Alan Lazard of the Green Bay Packers. He is currently rostered 4% of the leagues. He and the Packers are coming off a 24-10 win against the Washington football team this past Sunday. In week 8, they play on Thursday night football, keep that in mind, against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Lazard in week 7 had 5 catches for 61 yards and 1 touchdown. He did so on 6 targets, finishing with 17.0 PPR, which is good for wide receiver 13 overall. Um, now six catches or I'm sorry five catches for 60 yards and one touchdown that's a pretty solid week obviously no one's going to hate getting 17 points out of any fancy wide receiver he was very Lazar was very solid for the Packers in their win against football team on Sunday he could be in line for even a bigger day in week eight though however against the Arizona Cardinals and we found out on Monday that Devontae Adams obviously star wide receiver is currently been placed on the COVID list and due to the short week leading up to Thursday night football against the Cardinals Devontae Adams 
is in all likelihood going to miss that game, which means that all Packers wide receivers are going to get a slight bump against the Cardinals in hopes that maybe some of them turn in some usable fantasy weeks. Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers have hooked up on multiple big gains throughout Lazard's career. They've hooked up for multiple scores throughout Lazard's career. I think that he has a chance to really kind of fill the Alan Lazard or to fill the Devontae Adams role in somewhat of a meaningful way. I don't think he's going to produce anywhere near the level that Devontae Adams is, but I think that Lazard is someone who Aaron Rodgers can rely on to move the change. He's someone who he targets downfield. He's someone who he targets in the red zone. Uh, Lazard's touchdown this past week against a football team came in a short yard situation actually in the red zone. So uh, I think that he is someone that Aaron Rodgers trusts and relies on that he will look to in, in important moments of the game to move the chains and keep drives alive. Uh, he is averaging 10.2 air yards per target so far on the season. Uh, we've seen him have as many as 14 air yards per target in 2019 when Aaron Rodgers was really chucking the ball downfield to him and giving Lazard a chance to make plays. So I do like Alan Lazard in this one. I think that he's a great flyer. I think he is the receiver who has some top 24 upside in week eight. Uh, against the Cardinals team that is allowing 41.0 PPR per game to opposing wide receivers over the past five weeks. That is the fourth most of any defense in terms of points allowed per game to a single position. So I would be dropping about 5 to 7% fab on Alan Lazard, maybe a little bit more if you're really desperate at the wide receiver position, just hoping to get someone in there who can give you a top 24 week or better. I would go Alan Lazard of the Green Bay Packers, knowing that Devontae Adams is going to be out and he is likely getting a bump. The next wide receiver we are going to take a look at is Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons. Russell Gage is currently rostered in 10% of leagues. He and the Falcons are coming off a 30-28 win at the Miami Dolphins. In week 8, the Falcons host the Carolina Panthers. In his game against the Miami Dolphins, Gage caught 4 passes for 67 yards and 1 touchdown. On 6 targets, he finished with 16.7 PPR and was the wide receiver of 14, right behind Alan Lazard actually. Um, it was nice to see a good game from Russell Gage. He returned from injury against the Dolphins after being out since week two. Um, and he was just back to his old ways of hauling in slot targets for fantasy points. Had a really solid day, 16.7 PPR. He did manage to find the end zone in this one, which uh, happened to be on a 49-yard touchdown. Obviously, he only finished with 67 yards on the day. So that 49-yard touchdown made, a, made up a significant chunk of Gage's yards. But nonetheless, it was encouraging to see him just come back, step into a role, and be utilized in Atlanta's high-volume passing attack. Given that he's only rostering 10% of leagues right now, it's very apparent that a lot of fantasy managers gave up on Gage during his injury in the three games that he was out, but I wouldn't be sleeping on him just yet because you have to remember what he did provide us last season. Even though he was not one of the best wide receivers in fantasy, he still did give us five top 24 weeks in 2020, and that included two top 12 weeks as well. So he can give you wide receiver one weeks. You're just never going to know when to expect them, but that is something Russell Gage is capable of giving you. I do think that the addition of Kyle Pitts, superstar tight end, obviously, who they got in the NFL draft, is going to limit Gage's weekly target count. Uh, but I do think that he is still going to be capable of giving those spike weeks like he did this past week against Miami, like he did last season in 2020, where he had a couple of big weeks. I think he's going to be able to give you those. Um, still, they are going to be a little less predictable even than they were last year, uh, you know, because Kyle Pitts wasn't there. Julio Jones was there, but was injured for a good portion of the season. So I think that, you know, they're still not going to be as predictable, but 
there's still going to be good weeks that Russell Gage is going to be able to provide you. I think he's a low-end wide receiver three for any given week, and that then we just kind of sit around waiting for the spike weeks to happen. So um, if you're in a deeper league, if you can be in a league where you're starting three wide receivers, maybe you have a, a second flex or something like that, you can get four wide receivers out there. I would absolutely be looking to add Russell Gage. He was one of my <laughs> favorite players from 2019, one of my favorite players from 2020. And now I think that we can say that we feel at least a little bit better about his usage after this past week against the Dolphins. We'll see how he does in week eight against the Carolina Panthers. We're now going to get into the tight end position, and the first tight end that we're going to take a look at is New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram. He is currently rostered in 31% of leagues. He is coming off with the Giants a 25-3 win against the Carolina Panthers in Week 8. Ingram and the Giants traveled to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. In their win over the Carolina Panthers, Ingram had 6 catches for 44 yards and no touchdowns. He did so on 8 targets, finishing with 2 I'm sorry, finishing with 10.4 PPR as a tight end 13 overall. What's really kind of crazy about Evan Ingram is that the thing that he can't do is he can't score touchdowns. Uh, He only had one receiving touchdown in 2020. He has no receiving touchdowns this season, but he is currently averaging 5.3 targets per game, and he's running some of the most routes of any tight end in the league. Uh, He's out there. He's seeing targets. He's running routes. He's just not scoring touchdowns. I'd still like to believe, as I did this offseason, that positive regression is going to hit for Evan Ingram and at some point in time he's going to find the end zone and he's going to be a tight end who returns a little bit more value than what he's returning right now. I think he's still one of the most athletic tight ends in the league even though I know he did have a torn ACL at one point in time. He's been a little bit banged up but Evan Ingram has been a usable player in fantasy and he still is in terms of his overall targets. He had eight targets this past week against the Panthers which was a season high for him. I just think that we need to see the touchdown start hitting so we can feel a little bit more comfortable about starting him so I'm not viewing Evan Ingram as a full fade he's also not a player who I love rolling out there but I think that given his 5.3 targets per game on the season given that he had eight this past week against the Panthers I think he is a player who is still someone you can just kind of throw into your lineup if you need a tight end in any given week hoping that he's going to return some value for you and then on top of that hoping that the positive touchdown regression eventually hits and he becomes a player we feel a little bit more comfortable about starting heading into the back half of the season what I also like about this matchup same reason I like the matchup of Daniel Jones against the Chiefs is also why I like Evan Ingram against the Chiefs the Chiefs are allowing the 10th most PPR per game to opposing tight ends over the past five weeks and in each of their last three games the Chiefs have allowed a touchdown to an opposing tight end so if there was ever a game to have a a positive regression in the touchdown department it could be this for Evan Ingram I'd go ahead and start him if you're in need of a tight end spot start I'd be bidding about two to four percent fab on him hoping that the Chiefs awful ways against against the aerial attack, the awful ways against the tight end position in particular, continues and that Evan Ingram can turn in a solid fantasy week for you if you're in need of one. The next tight end that we're going to look at is Chicago Bears tight end Cole Komet. He is currently rostered in 26% of leagues. He and the Bears are coming off a 38-3 loss at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In week 8, they get a matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. In their loss to Tampa Bay, Komet caught 5 passes for 43 yards and no touchdowns. He also had 6 targets. He finished with 9.3 PPR, which was good for the tight end 16 overall. Uh, The story of Cole Komet is a lot like the story of Evan Ingram in that Komet is all 
also not scoring touchdowns. He hasn't scored any of the season. He's struggling to find the end zone, but he is still also seeing targets. He is averaging 4.3 targets per game, uh, and he has drawn four, five, and six targets over the past three weeks, which also includes a week one performance against the Rams where he had seven targets. So uh, Komet is being targeted. The, the, the Bears are not ignoring Komet in this passing offense. He is seeing targets. He is being utilized. He's just, again, he's not found the end zone. He has not given us the big weeks out we're looking for yet. And tight ends who don't already score a lot of points are oftentimes touchdown dependent with the exception of some of the elite few who are able to just rack up a lot of yards and receptions and give you those good points, even if they're not scoring. So uh, when it comes down to talking about, once again, positive regression and players who I like to possibly see a more positive regression when it comes to fantasy points, when it comes to scoring at the tight end possession, I think that Cole Komet could be another one of those players. The Bears offense in general has just been so bad. It's almost hard to imagine them being this bad throughout the course of the entire season. So even between just realizing that Komet's seeing targets and hoping that he positively regresses with touchdowns, maybe the Bears at some point in time figure things out and that also helps give a boost to Komet overall yards receptions and on occasion touchdown so if you're looking to kind of find another tight end to spot start again this week the targets are there for Komet they have been more often than not I'd be dropping one to three percent fab on him just to see what happens throw him in your tight end lineup if you need him um, he could be there for you that the, the targets were there he had six targets last week and again he had a seven target game in week one so uh, the, the, the Bears are not ignoring him he just needs to find the end zone and I think that he'll have a really solid week one of these weeks coming up we are now heading into our super sleepers portion of the show where I like to name two players who I'm taking uh, flyers on in hopes that they hit later on. Uh, without a doubt, the one that I'm most proud of is Bears running back Khalil Herbert. He has been very solid the last two weeks with um, David Montgomery out, but we can't sit there tight touting that forever. So let's move on to this week's super sleepers. First one who we have is Raiders tight end Foster Moreau. He is currently rostered in 3% of leagues. Last week against the Eagles. Moreau caught six passes for 60 yards and one touchdown. On six targets, he had 18.0 PPR, which is good for the tight end four overall as the Raiders down the Eagles 33 to 22. Uh, now I know what you're probably thinking. Foster Moreau is not much of a sleeper right now, and I, I agree with you. He's he's not the best kept secret, uh, and his win against the Eagles necessarily, you know, really let the cat out of the bag with the 18-point PPR performance. And I'm also not one to advocate holding multiple tight ends, but there's a couple reasons that I'm going with the Foster Moreau route here. Uh, one, I don't think that you should necessarily be bidding on Foster Moreau if you suddenly think that you're going to be getting him as a tight end who's going to give you weekly production. Darren Waller was a game-time decision this past week. I heard it was like a minor injury where there was even a chance he could have gone this past week. So um, you're not adding Foster Moreau in hopes of another 18-point PPR performance next week, especially because the Raiders are on a bye anyways, but even if they weren't on a bye, you're not adding Foster Moreau and looking to run him out on any given week where Darren Waller is healthy. So you're you're, you're looking to stash him. Um, I think there will be people who are going to add him, hoping that they can start him when he's back, but that just doesn't make sense. So you're looking to stash Foster Moreau, operating under the assumption that Darren Waller is healthy, which by all accounts he should be, especially after this bye week. But the other reason that I would want to stash him, even though I don't often love stashing tight ends, but if you're in a deeper league, I think that Moreau makes a lot of sense for a stash because now we have seen a game where he can give you that elite edge at the tight end position that we often look for when we're drafting guys like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, even TJ Hawkinson. We saw him get 18 point 
zero fantasy points on six targets which is very decent um, and we know that the Raiders love to target their tight end in this offense they are a tight end volume heavy offense in terms of targets and I think that if you stash him and at any point in time Waller misses again I think that Frosty Moreau becomes an immediate must start tight end with top 12 upside possibly even as much as top five upside given that he just finishes the tight end four overall this past week against the Eagles so um you know treat Foster Moreau this weekend not as a player who you're adding and starting thinking that you just you know you're getting this guy who's all of a sudden going to be this big time contributor he's probably not going to be but he is a player who I think gives you top five upside on a offense that loves the targets tight end anytime Darren Waller is sidelined which is why he makes this week's super sleeper um, you know mention because I do think that he's worth adding and stashing if you are either in need of a tight end or you just you, you believe in his upside the way I do and you have a deep enough league where you can put him at the end of your bench. I would be doing about a 6 to 8% fab bid on Foster Moreau. There could be people who are going to bid way more than that. I would say let them have him if they get him because they're bidding on week 7's production and not using the foresight of realizing that he's probably not going to be giving them that anytime soon as long as Darren Waller is healthy. So win him cheap or don't win him at all. 6 to 8% fab on Foster Moreau. I love his upside in this offense. The next super sleeper we're going to take a look at is J.J. Taylor, running back of the New England Patriots. He is currently rostered in 0% of leagues. In Week 7, Taylor and the Patriots won 54-13 against the New York Jets. In Week 8, the Patriots and Taylor will travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. In that Week 7 win over the Jets, Taylor rushed 9 times for 21 yards and had 2 touchdowns. He also caught 1 pass for 5 yards on his lone target, finishing the day with 15.6 PPR, which was good for running back 16 overall. Ironically, the running back who I touted last week for my Super Sleeper segment was Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson, who was active in Week 6 against the Houston Texans and spelled Damian Harris uh, a couple times in that game when Harris left with not one, but two chest injuries on multiple occasions in that game. Uh, The reason I felt comfortable recommending Ramondre Stevenson heading into Week 7 was because Harris was viewed as questionable. We thought that maybe if Harris was out, that it would be Stevenson who ended up playing, and then what ended up happening was Harris ended up being healthy he was active against the Jets and not only was Stevenson not playing in that game but he was not even active instead it was Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor who were activated with Damian Harris so uh, it was kind of a decent day for all Patriots running backs J.J. Taylor largely was propped up by two garbage time touchdowns in this game Uh, if he not had those he would have otherwise finished with a very low score and we would not talking about him today but I do view Taylor as a more path natural pass catching back given that that was the role that he played in college at Arizona before he joined the Patriots as an undrafted rookie free agent in 2020 I think it was his pass catching that helped secure him a role with the Patriots as an undrafted free agent this past season um I don't think that Taylor has seen quite the passing work that I hoped he would this season that that's gone in part to Brandon Bolden and I think Brandon Bolden could also be a very solid ad um but we did see Taylor get some decent work in this one he had 10 total touches um which included nine carries and some of of those carries were earlier in the game not just necessarily in garbage time so um i do like taylor i think he's a shifty back he's small he's five foot six he's he's well under 200 pounds he's not a big back he's probably not built for a, the beating that a normal you know 210 plus pound running back is but i think that he's a shifty running back i think he's a good pass catcher and i think that he could down the line serve as the patriots number one pass catching back if they ever opt to give him that role now as we know with all patriots running backs we never can really confidently say who we think is going to receive any kind of share at any given role at any particular time. Damian Harris getting the role that he has seen 
is one of the more locked in Patriots running backs we've had in recent memory. So, um, you know, take that for what it is. Damian Harris has been great. Brandon Bolden has been decent in the past catching game, but I liked what Taylor did this past week. I like what he brought to the table coming out of college. And I think that if he were to ever become the main pass catching back for the Patriots at any point this season, that he could be a very solid add. So I would be doing about zero to two percent fab on him if you wanted to put a couple bucks down just to ensure that you get him. I don't think you would need to go much above two percent. As a matter of fact, if you had to go above two percent, I'd say just get out and don't do it. But I would do about zero to two percent fab on JJ Taylor and look to add him if you're looking for a back of the bench stash who may have some PPR upside at some point in the season. Now, before we get out of here, I just want to say that if you're a new listener and want to learn about all the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head on over to rotoviz.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can save 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO2021. And that is going to do it for today's Waiver Wire Rider podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review. That always helps us out. Once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day.